Hi everybody, it's Brian Janikowski, Friday, uh, September the 15th on Christian Thwaites. I'm Emily Takenvertz, and let's get started with this week's Market Chat. So Christian, um, today, or this week you wrote about uh, a rather dismal milestone that we had announced by the Census Bureau, um, which said that the median household income has now, da-da-da-da, returned to the same <laughs> level that it was in 1999. Um, what does the stagnant wage growth say about the labor market, and what does it mean for the economy in general? Well, th- this is a Census Bureau number. It doesn't actually say much about earnings. It just says that the 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 median income for a household just broached fifty nine thousand dollars, and uh, and that's the same level it was as it was in nineteen ninety nine. So the the tricky thing about this is that wages. Uh, might have gone up, but they didn't very much, but people worked less so they took home the same or uh, wages went down and in order to take home the same amount they either had to work more hours or have more people working in the household. So there's a lot of things moving on in there but I think that uh, um, it, it it's not a particularly admirable milestone that, that the average household income has has not changed for for that long a period. Of course, it went down under fifty four thousand uh, in twenty twelve, um, and and post the recession. So it's come back up from its from its bottoms for sure. But it's been a long time to essentially go nowhere. Even if you adjust for the different types of work patterns and the uh, and 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 the amount of people who have had to who would have had to work. It might have taken one and a half people to get it fifty nine thousand. 15 years ago now it clearly takes more so it's really showing I think the continued uh, lack of participation in the economy uh, of of wages and it more and more going to capital and it's a struggle for a lot of households to keep up and does that uh, then relate to also this trend that we're seeing where we have uh, you know a high level of job openings but the hiring uh, pace has slowed by employers. Yes, so that's been going on for a while. So we got the job opening lab- labor turnover numbers last year, and the and the job openings are up. They're they're not as high as they have been, um, but they're still having difficulty um, filling some of those jobs. And the NFIB has been saying. For, it seems like years now that they've got open positions and they can't fill them because they can't find the right qualified people to, to fill them, which is why the Fed sort of is always worrying about wage inflation. But I mean, I, I, I think that if the NFIB really had a wage uh, a labor problem, they'd increase the wages, which they're not doing. So uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of bizarre to say we really need these people, but we're not really prepared to pay for them and therefore we'll carry on needing them. That means uh, how much do they really need them? So so this, this wage, wage uh, increase and hourly rates, weekly rates, you know, have continued to be under pressure for a very long time. So you don't necessarily buy that argument then? Of? That um, that there's a shortage of workers and they're not able to fill these positions because they can't find people that are skilled. Um, uh, you don't necessarily think that there is a, a necessarily a shortage. I think that's right. I think, I think they say there's a shortage, but I don't necessarily think they look very hard and they're not willing to bid up the wages enough to get people to either switch job 
uh, and come to them or you know re-enter the labor force to to take those jobs and another thing that we've mentioned before that that is related to this is that these job openings are disproportionately uh, seen in kind of lower paying service sector jobs. Is that correct? Well, that's what we've seen from the employment numbers. I mean, it, it varies from month to month, and but the majority of the jobs in the last year have been in service-related jobs, which pay less than manufacturing jobs. You all know that. And a large number of them have come from hotel, leisure, uh, accommodation, um, Medical health care, which you think would be high, but you're talking about basic health care, you know, home home health care and, and nursing home and things, um, and and education, and all those mm-hmm. pay considerably less than uh, than 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 the average, uh, you know, manufacturing or, or middle class job. I'm going to also turn to inflation. So we we got a a pretty low inflation number again, 1.7 percent. Uh, do you think this, and, and you know, the PCE, the core PCE that the Fed um, tends to look at is at about 1.4% right now. Do you think this persistent core inflation has really kind of created a dilemma for the Fed in terms of their, their raising rate schedule? Yes, they have. And uh, they, inflation is pretty stubbornly low. And it seems like every month almost there's a, there's a story or a theme as to why it's low. And, right. and they view those as transitory, uh, it's the words they use. Uh, and they turn out to be that these transitory effects keep on happening, maybe not the same ones, but the transitory effects keep on happening. So we just, the, the core inflation that you just mentioned, which is the CPI less food and energy, so food and energy is about seven, 25% of the CPI basket, so it's the other 75%. And that's been going, that's up about 1.7%. And there are some, uh, there are some things like the wireless costs, which we talked about here, you know, which have gone down, and a few other items. But it just seems difficult to break through uh, consistently above that number. And you have mentioned, you just mentioned the the Fed or Janet Yellen's kind of favorite explanation is these this kind of noise, kind of these transitory wireless, um, yeah, uh, gasoline prices, things like that. But you know, there are other uh, explanations that have been put forward around kind of this um, dynamic between the low unemployment, but not seeing then um, uh, inflation pick up at all. That's right. I mean, that's, that, that's the fundamental dilemma that the, the Fed you know, works roughly around this Phillips curve, which is that oversimplified, but the more uh, employment goes up, unemployment goes down, the more likely it is to lead into wage inflation, which leads into general inflation. And that linkage really hasn't been strong for a while. And the number of the Fed people are, are pointing that out. The most important one, I think, is Leo Brainerd, who is one of the uh, permanent members, one of the few left now, actually, given all the resignations. Uh, but um, but yeah, she she's really saying quite loudly and clearly, and I think very well, that uh, the, the Fed should wait until there's stronger indications of a more persistent inflation, you know, around at least 2% and possibly a little bit higher before they move further on rates. And, you know, another explanation that we've talked about in terms of, of that dynamic between low unemployment but not seeing the inflation is that really the economy isn't really at full employment. Um, and another explanation is potentially that you know trend inflation has fallen um, and won't get to two percent. 
Um, what do you do? You buy that argument? Um, you know, what do you see going on there? I I don't know about the. Uh, it's difficult to tell with the the economy operating at full full capacity. I don't think it is, but you have this weird effect called hysteresis, which is a coin a coin from um, I, th- I think uh, fluid dynamics. But but it basically says that uh, that if you destroy certain parts of the economy, then you can permanently reduce its outcome and uh, its output potential. And I think. Some of that mm-hmm. has happened. I can't point to concrete evidence. A lot of economists who disagree vehemently about this. But I do think that uh, we don't have the same capacity as we did uh, 10, 12, you know, 10, 12 years ago sort of on an adjusted basis. And I think that's going to make it difficult for the economy to break through this 2% number, which we've talked about before. You might get it on a short-term basis, but you know the things that drive an economy up up you know higher productivity or 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 employment growth and the employment growth if you ha- if you haven't got a uh, an increasing population which we don't have you're not willing to have immigration which we're not uh, then it just it, it means you're really down to productivity growth and that doesn't seem to be coming through in any big numbers and if the fed doesn't give up on their 2 2% inflation target and they don't raise rates um, uh, in pursuit of that do we have a risk of asset prices becoming overvalued? Well, I think that's been running for a while. I mean, it, you know, asset prices have benefited enormously from the low interest rate environment. Uh, you know, certainly stocks are at a level uh, which they, uh, on an absolute basis, which are quite high, on a relative basis relative to, you know, interest rates, bonds, other asset classes, they're not, which is why we continue to, to like them. Um, and then there are other pockets of asset prices that you know you could point to and say bonds are still, you know, perhaps lower than they should be, and and then certain uh, property markets. And uh, and by the way, you know, it's much smaller. It's only a sixty billion dollar market cap. But this stuff that's going on in Bitcoin and these other uh, sort of virtual currencies is uh, is certainly an element of, uh, of of asset price inflation. Mm-hmm. So you also talked about companies like Apple and Google that have a ton of cash, um, specifically U.S. Treasuries on their balance sheets. Um, and you also mentioned that cash is accounted for roughly about 8% of the S&P's market cap. Why is this important? Uh, good, good point. It's very interesting that, that, that normally that you don't think of companies as being major players in the Treasury market. You think of governments, central banks, fund managers, banks. Um, and and some in, in, some investors, private and others, but 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 the uh, there's risen now this sort of corporate manager, um, and Microsoft just happens to be the biggest one. It's got 130 billion dollars of 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 treasury cash, and and then I think Google is right behind it with uh, about a second 80 86 billion and so on. Vast amounts of um, of treasuries. They're sitting on a lot of cash because a lot of their cash is held overseas, and it's difficult for them to remit it back without taking a a, a corporation tax hit against it. So they keep the enormous amounts of cash. Um, so some of it is tax driven, but some of it is that the, these businesses, some of these businesses, just generate lots of cash compared to the capital they need. So they're not reinvesting in in plants and machinery because they don't run on plants and machinery. They don't need to, and they're not returning it to shareholders because they either want to retain it for you know, acquisitions yet to be determined, which they don't seem to be able to specify, or 
um, return it to shareholders, you know, at their time and you know on on their timeline. So it, I, I think it's it's a symptom of two things. One is sort of excess profitability in some of these businesses, which are quasi-monopolistic. Certainly, you know, uh, Apple, you could argue, faces that given its given the way it ties together all its different services. Google for sure, Facebook for sure, um, and and some of it is that they just don't see where the next level of growth is coming from. So they're they're, they're printing money and they're not, you know, they don't see the the, the demand or the upside in in expanding capacity. So uh, either way, it's it's a very extraordinary item to really to see so much cash. Companies are not really meant to be, you know, holding cash on their balance sheet except for. You know, working capital purposes, and it seems like more and more of them are are, uh, are hoarding it for you know rainy rainy days, which are unspecified. If we do get tax uh, reform and they are able to repatriate some of those assets, do you think that they will be returned to shareholders? I think that's cash? probably the most likely. I think uh, they tried under the Bush administration to tie it to capex and infrastructure and domestic investment, and it, it slipped through the it slipped through the uh, through the through the knot, and uh, I think there will be some return to shareholders. There might be some other investments which they make, which maybe they've delayed for a while. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't seem likely. All right. Well, thank you, Christian. Thanks to you for listening. Okay. Thanks, everybody. And uh, here's the disclosure. Here it comes. I know you're waiting for it. Please note. So this discussion of our investments, investment strategy, including our research investment process, represents our investments, investment strategy. The day this commentary is subject to change without notice. We can assure the type of investments discussed in this commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future, nor can guarantee that such investments present the best or attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. This, for general information purposes only, references to an individual security should not be considered as a recommendation to buy or sell security. Securities mentioned in this commentary only several of the successful and unsuccessful investments buyers do not represent all the securities we have purchased or recommended. Although we deem liable the source of statistical and other information referred to in this commentary, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements on numerical data, past performance, no indication of future results.